Hello, this is Julian. This is Barry. And this is Nick. And welcome back to Loss of Lieutenant, an Infinity the Game podcast aimed to educate, inform, and entertain. Welcome back, listeners, to Loss of Lieutenant, Episode 2, Attack of the Link Teams. That's another Star Wars reference. I thought it was in Attack. Uh, well, we're mixing it up, you know. Maybe we can go with that. Depends. Trying new things. That's right. Today we have myself, Nick, and Barry returning from uh, the last episode. Say hello, Barry. Hello, Barry. Joined with us, uh, we've got uh, a new voice, Julian. Hello. Seems like there's been a lot happening since the last episode, so... Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, quite a few different topics. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, Season 10, as that's uh, that's been announced. Uh, a few local events and local games that we've been happening since our, our last recording. Uh, a lot of tack talk with uh, with these two guys that I've got with me today. And uh, our main chat about about link teams and, and how they work and how to play them. And also uh, how to beat them. <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for coming along, Julian. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, Julian's a... Uh, a, a fairly veteran player, I'd say. So um, similar to what we did uh, in our first episode, as this is uh, Julian's first run on the mic, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and let us know where, you, where, where, you've, where you've come from, where you've been, where you go. Well, I, I had humble beginnings. I came out of the, uh, the womb and, and I was pretty much born into a, a painting and modelling family. My dad was a, an old school military modeller and war gamer as well. He used to play Flames of War. Um, and so basically he got me into to wargaming um, at a very young age, um, but it was mostly just the military modeling side of things. So, um, and then from then on, I sort of painted and did stuff with him until I was about 10. And then I got my first set of uh, Warhammer, you know, got into that and started playing there. And then... Um, There'd probably be very few of us that didn't have that no, no, sort no. of uh, entry yeah. point, but... Um, We've come a long way since then. Exactly. And I used to hang around out down at Games Workshop Southland, and that's where I sort of learnt the uh, the proper wargaming ways. And funnily enough, a lot of those guys now are all into Infinity. So, like, you know, Ryan Kirby, um, all, all those kinds of guys. So it's interesting that um, it's like almost a full circle how we've, you know, all got into the Infinity. Um, and then after that, I sort of moved to Hampton Games Club down in Hampton, and that was where I bumped into... Uh, Kevin's best friend and mate who also got him into Infinity, Andrew Noakes. So he's our friendly neighborhood crack dealer. Um, and he and Paul Nichols were playing a game. And I remember I was there, I think I think I might have been playing Josh Platt, who's also an Infinity gamer who got into Infinity. I think I was there to play a game with him of like the new six said, no, it was before that, it was way before that. I was there to play a game with him or something. And they were playing N2 and I saw them playing it and I'm like, 40K looks crap. <laughs> So when when was when was that? If the, when did when did N three actually happen? I don't even know. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, happened? this is well before then. I was like sixteen. I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was real, like, I think I was maybe in year eleven or twelve. A real young pup. Yeah, yeah, because I'm only young listeners. I'm only twenty two. So just get that out there. Um, and so I saw them playing, and then Paul and Andrew, being the great guys, they are pretty much stopped their game and were like, let's play a game. And so. Um, ended up having a, a practice game. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, I played N2 a little bit, dropped off the radar because I got busy, busy with school and I did a lot more military modeling. And then I got back into Infinity, um, 
as N3 dropped again. Um, and then played for a good few years, or, you know, since N3's been around. Last couple of years, I sort of haven't been playing as much because I've been doing a lot more of my bodybuilding and stuff like that. But um, the past year has been pretty much straight up infinity. Nice. Yeah. And what's, I mean, I've played you several mm. times, mostly with uh, JSA. Vanilla, no, Vanilla no. Ariadna. Really? Actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, would you consider yourself mostly an Ariadna player? I mean, you're doing a lot of JSA. And previously, you've done JSA as well. But yeah. Since I've known you. I started in Pano. Right. Then I played French. Then I played Morats. Then I played JSA. Um, and now I'm playing Ariadna. And, uh, and, and then I'm probably going to play Combined or TAK at CanCon this year. So you spread yourself around. Yeah, yeah. I like to share the love. That's you know, right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old school communist at heart when it comes to, you know, wargaming. I like to, you know, get my feet into everything and... And you know, equal equal distribution of resources and stuff. I'm just joking. It's all right. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I, I'm, I, I just like all factions. I like the way they play, and I like to learn a faction. The only faction I probably wouldn't want to play would be um, um, probably Huck Islam. Just because I like the aesthetic of them, the models. They're just not. A, I'm not a fan of, and probably um, um, US Ariadna, just because Gavin plays them, and 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 I just don't like the models either. I'm sorry, Gavin. You know, he likes uniform models, and I, 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 I don't. As he said, I think on white noise, he's like, I like the uniform few, whereas I look at them and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, um, welcome, Julian. Like we discussed in the first episode, we've got a whole bunch of people that we want to cycle through and sort of sit down and have a chat with. I dare say it, it'll be fairly rare that we have the same people on twice in a row all the time. I mean, I'm sure that, like, we've got Barry and I on from last time, but who knows who's going to be chatting with us uh, chatting with us next time so we'll, we'll see how it goes but I mean to start off we wanted to do a bit of a bit of a, a local recap on the sort of gaming that we've been doing uh, doing lately so we had a uh, a narrative tournament uh, last weekend where we did post a couple of videos from the event it was actually Julian who was behind the uh, behind the camera what was I oh jeez yeah, <laughs> I didn't even story. notice um, I managed to do a uh, to do a bit of an intro uh, at the start of the morning, and uh, as soon as Julian showed me the video, the first thing that I said was, I look like shit, uh, and didn't actually manage to survive past the first round, so I had to check myself out. Uh, but um, Was that self-inflicted, or was it actual... Well, <laughs> I, I don't... Th I, I'm not saying it was... I'm not calling it a hangover. <laughs> I was severely dehydrated. Okay, that's... It's what it was, yeah. You know, similar, but, but not so, at all. Off, off topic, my other passion, uh, apart from infinity... Is, is, is heavy drinking. Well, <laughs> apart from that as well, that's probably number three. Uh, but coming in there is um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's right, I'm actually a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, and I had my grading the day before, and so I managed to get a promotion, and as soon as uh, after that finished, we went straight out drinking afterwards. And so I managed to dehydrate myself working out all morning and then straight on to the, onto the beers. And uh, yeah, the next day I just wasn't, wasn't up for it. I've known you for like, what, two years now? And I did not know you are into jujitsu. That's right, yeah. That's yeah. like, yeah. all right. No, I'm, a, I'm a dangerous person. If I ever need backup, I'll just call you, you know? Good to know. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, Julian, you came first. Yep. Good, uh, good, good three, three games. Yeah, solid, three, solid games. three solid games. I played TAK. And the first game I played was against a newer guy, um, Lachlan. He played a really good game, but um, I think the highlight was the first order of the game. I went first and um, hit an Aquila Guard on the roof with an HMG. And I had a Spetsnaz. My Spetsnaz rock around the corner. I'm like, it's probably not a great trade. One dice and 15s versus my, you know, four on 15s. 
And anyway, um, took the shot. He missed. He rolled like a 17. And I critted and rolled three hits. And he failed two saves. <laughs> so, crits wins the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, crits win the tournament. Yeah, crits. yeah. Um, crits win games, kids. Yeah, exactly. And then the next one was against John, who will probably appear in the podcast uh, later on. And um, he was playing JSA. And um, that was a, a pretty convincing convincing win um but you know the complete opposite happened in that game first order of the game spetsnaz took up you know stood up and went with a shootout with a, a kaisotsu missile launcher link team and um got critted so it's it like you know it goes, both yeah, it goes both ways so it's not as though you know i i, I cheese the whole way through and then the last one was against callum and that game was super like super tense, hard, tense and hard um it basically the mission was was kind of like biotech instead of it but like instead of biotech where you have like a one zone, the like the zone creeped forwards. So it started at eight inches, went to twelve, went to went to twelve, and then I think sixteen. Sure. So I think we should probably just recap in in, in general on the on the event. It was a narrative event, so yeah. not so a standard it was, ITS. It was by uh, Paul and Henry. Yes. As, the, as Kevin McCollum. As, as Kevin McCollum. Yeah. Peter, Peter and Henry. Yep. Peter, Peter and Peter, Peter and Luke. <laughs> Peter and Luke Henry. Yeah. Yep. So it was so, a it was a narrative event. Was, Peter, Paul, Luke, and Henry are four different people. Two. <laughs> Two. They're, 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 they're brothers. I don't know. They're not They're not twins. I'm fairly certain. I should ask them this, shouldn't we? Um, but they, you, you look at them and you're like, you, you two are brothers. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a, it was a narrative event. Uh, three rounds. Um, so it was it was very different from ITS. Um, so mission one, the, the overall theme of it um, was that we're investigating a, a research facility where um, scientists have been experimenting with uh, Toha... Symbio technology, and uh, yeah, only only bad things could happen from yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so the f- the first game, there was basically a scientist in the middle of the table being guarded by a couple of um, really tanked up bodyguards with I think what did they have MSV two, uh, total reaction, neurocinetics, neurocinetics, yeah. uh, viral viral carbines, I think it was just yeah. real, just real yeah. nasty, just characters. yeah. yeah. Yeah, also known as the TOs hate the players. I think. That's right. The, the general thing. I think uh, on, <laughs> in, in my because I did manage to play the first game. Uh, in that first game on my table, the security guards took out three. They got three oh, kills. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so our one the, so the first game I played was against Russell, um, and he was playing the the new hotness, which is Vedic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, this was the first time I'd actually uh, played JSA, and. I'd only sort of decided to play them about five o'clock the night before, and had zero bottle uh, models built. Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a narrative tournament, so it you're is. allowed to do that. Sort yeah. of and thing. might I just say, Barry is known for playing Ariadna, so it was uh, refreshing to see him playing JSA as a <laughs> you know as a as a yeah. JSA player myself. So, yeah. So the first game I played against was Russell. Um, I managed to I went first. I managed to land uh, Shinobu. Right next to his uh, Harris team of two Davas and then the Shuras, and four orders late, uh, four orders, four orders later, uh, two Davas and the uh, and the Shuras were dead, and I think both of us at that point thought, oh, well, that's the game over. Um, but in in Russell's turn, he, he was quite ballsy. He, he put all his command tokens in a dart, ran straight into the middle of my my uh, link team, and managed to kill. I think it was three Kesosu. And just, yeah, she was just really awkwardly positioned. I'd spend the whole of my second turn moving someone across to actually deal with her. 
And then my third turn, Saito managed to fail to Sivivak the, uh, the scientist about four or five times. Um, it was horrific. So, it, yeah, it was one of those. But I think Russell did a pretty good job of digging himself out of the yeah, yeah, yeah. losing half his points and his lieutenant in the first turn. Um, and, yeah, Saito was just... Yeah, it was very disappointing, Saito. It wasn't a good start because everyone was like, Saito's annoying, Clyde, you've got to, yeah, but, you've got to take him. Yeah. Um, but he just did not do yeah, the business I for I guess me. you've still got to know how to, how to use him. Yeah. Well, it was a 50-50 roll. He managed to fail four times. Yeah. It was well, even, even better than 50-50. It was an egg three modifier, wasn't it? It was an egg three modifier. So that was my first game. So a bit of a, yeah, a low-key start to the, the event. Um, the second mission, there was a, a central sort of armory-style building that you didn't go into, and there was four um, defense nodes positioned around it in a square that formed an exclusion zone. And each round, you basically had to do fail, pass a whip test on on those um, defense nodes, otherwise they would go off. And at the end of the game, you you basically had to have as many guys touching the, or I think it was within two inches of the, the central building as possible. So of course, the first uh, my first turn, I think. The second game, I was playing against someone called Zeke, who I think was a, a new player, certainly not someone I've, I've met before. He was playing Mazvingia. He's been playing for a long while. All right, yeah, I just, yeah. I just, just not met him yeah, before. Yeah. Um, and he sort of locked down a good chunk of the board with two Zwaves. And, of course, uh, Shinobu being a boss, in a bit of a reoccurring theme in my tournament, uh, managed to kill both of them and then run across the board and, and murder an anaconda. Um, and then she died second turn to a, an engineer, a dozer. Um, but still, she she done she the business. She done the business. She done the business. And it's like so many things with JSA. Yeah. They're, they're a glass cannon. Yeah. You know, yeah. They they hit hard, but then they when they fall down, yeah. they fall down. So we we got in a bit of a kill fest the first turn, and no one bothered trying to deactivate the defense system. And the defense system, there was a little piece of paper sat on top of the building, and the the TOs were like, "Don't touch that unless you don't." activate the defense you don't shut down the defense system we turned it over and it was basically um each each of the four nodes turned into a symbol beast um which is probably the closest thing i could say it was like a, an antipode okay um <laughs> but nastier and they basically immediately assault moved to the closest model and attacked it um and none of us pushed the button so we had four of them running around the table and luckily for me, I had a, a whole bunch of mine layers in my army, so they all ate it to mines. Um, but I wasn't too worried anyway, because I, like, I think one of them was going to get into a fist fight with a Shikami. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one, I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah, I was like, I'm not, I'm not too worried here. Um, but definitely they were, they were a bit vicious looking. Um, so yeah, the, I think the, the first turn kind of settled that one with Shinobu going on a bit of a, a kill crazy rampage. Um, so I managed to, to pick up the win there. And then the third turn was a sort of variation on Biotech Vor. Sure. Where um, you sort of, you, not your entire deployment zone started, but it crept into the table and you had to, do, you had to basically cross the halfway line and get into a, a quadrant mm -hmm. to extract from the, the facility before the, the symbiote nastiness killed everyone. And having Saito and... Shinobu, I was basically like, oh, they're just going to start in there then. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It turned out all right for you then? It, it turned out all right, yeah, because yeah, my opponent had to advance his army in there and uh, Shinobu killed a, a Harris team of 
Riot Girls, and then um, Saito popped out the last turn and, and murdered the, the Spec Ops. One of the um, one of the things about the tournament that I found really interesting was that you had a being narrative tournament. You yep. had Spec Ops. Yep. Uh, everyone was allowed to spend 12 XP on their spec ops. They were automatically a specialist operative. They could do some of the pushing button, button mm. things throughout the They came with bioimmunity as yeah, well. Yeah, they had bioimmunity yeah. and, and a few other buffs. But also, depending on... As, as you achieved objectives in each mission, your spec ops got additional buffs. Mm. So if you uh, pushed a couple of the buttons in the first mission, you got to roll on the metachemistry chart or the booty or, chart. Or the booty chart. Yeah. And... Um, so that I thought that was really interesting. I mean, yeah. like I didn't yeah. play pass round one, unfortunately. My spec ops became an absolute beast. That, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. Did we yeah. see any spec ops that got like ridiculous buffs by the end of it? My one, I, I always, whenever I go to an area event, I always run Arnold Schwarzenegger as my spec ops. So, so what does that comprise of? That comprise of it's just it's just a thing like Chris Chris Streets who um, runs a lot of narrative events here. Every time I've gone to one of his events, I've always run Arnold, and this time I really. Um, thought I could do it perfectly because I took the grunt profile in TAK. I know it's a bit heinous, like I should, probably shouldn't have, you can do it, but I, like fluff wise, not great. But I thought it's Arnold, I'm gonna give him an extra wound and a boarding shotgun. And that's what I got for my 12 XP. So he already had two wounds, armor three, boarding shotgun. And so throughout the event, um, the extra bet buffs he got was dogged. He got, we went up to armor five um, and then he got shock immunity as well. Um, and I think he got, I can't remember, he got another weapon, but I can't remember what he got. I'm not 100% certain. Um, but by the end of it, like, he was an absolute beast. So what um, was the, the second one of the, the third mission you got Symbiomate? Yeah. I can't remember what the second Oh, was. I got a Symbiomate as well. What did yeah. you get after the second mission? I can't remember. I can't remember. It was, yeah, I honestly don't remember now. I just remember, I just remember Arnold yeah. literally was like a Terminator. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my one was personally a bit disappointed just because it was, obviously based on a Keisotsu, and there's only so much you can do with a Keisotsu. Mm. So I thought it was being quite clever. I thought I'd, uh, I'd take a Hollow Projector level one on it and run it as a, a Kenpai. Um, and funnily enough, no one actually asked me which one's your spec ops. Um, but I was a bit too clever for my own good. The He had a mine layer and a Spitfire, but being based on a Kenpai, he, he did nothing. Yep. Um, and then in the third the third mission, it was like everyone gets a symbiote and like, Hall projector one's not really going to work when it's like, here's a Kempai, he's got a uh, symbiote mate. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink, yeah, wink yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not my spec ops. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, like you said, it was refreshing to to get to play with spec ops again because I think when I first got into Infinity, the start of N3, it was still quite recent, uh, Campaign Paradiso was still quite recent and a lot of people played with spec ops as standard in tournaments and just in, in sort of friendly pickup games and they, they obviously just went out of fashion and they, they weren't used at all um, so yeah it was nice to use this uh, I suppose it is like we said before it's one of the strengths of Infinity that like with the event that Russell ran a few months ago the 400 point limit insertion mm -hmm. it was almost a completely different game it was a lot of fun same as running the narrative event having the spec ops and, and trying to come up with devious combinations to yeah, and I guess a, a, a counterpoint to... I, like, I thought the Spec Ops was great and really good fun. The counterpoint being that 
if you didn't achieve those objectives, then you are quite a bit way behind the people that, like, for example, yeah. Julian, yeah. you got all these buffs for him. Yeah. If someone yeah. hadn't achieved, your opponent, for mm. example, may not have achieved that, which means the people who are winning are, are, yeah. are much higher yeah. and the people that aren't are, are, are much lower. It sort of spreads that out. I think that was only in the more. first mission, though, because the, yeah. the second, the second, the other buffs, everyone got. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So it wasn't just like mm. the winner got so right. yeah. yeah. So it yeah. does yeah. even it out. And, yeah. and that being said, like, my spec ops did, like, killed nothing. He killed two symbiobeasts the entire sure. over three games. He didn't do anything apart from that. Um, so it wasn't like he, he he did a lot, which is really disappointing. He pushed a lot of buttons, um, but he didn't he didn't go on a rampage, which I was I was super disappointed about. Yeah, yeah. Well, there yeah. was there was a nice variety of Missions. builds. Yeah. For the for the people, people had brought yeah. for their yeah. spec ops, sure. Because it was yeah. Because like I said, the um, my opponent in the third game, I think he put all his spec op points into armor and then after the first game he rolled the plus four so he had actually had an armor nine spec ops <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that that's cute mm. here's Shinobu she's got monofilament <laughs> how to ruin someone's yeah, how, to, how, to, how to make someone salty <laughs> no, exactly. yeah. cool well um uh, I guess we'll have a bit of a chat about some other games we've had recently. Uh, yeah. We had a good crew out at uh, House of War last, last night. Last night, uh, yeah. Last night on Thursday night, um, I got a game in against yeah. Jacob. I believe you played, played a game against Rid, who's going to be um, helping to TO Kank on this year. That's right. Yeah, um, I thought I'd just shout it out though. If you're ever in Melbourne and you haven't been to House of War, go down because it's it's awesome. It's a really cool gaming space. They've got more tables than you can poke a stick at. Lots of stock. Um, the guys that run it are awesome. So, um, yeah. No, yeah I do. I do recall. Remember the first time I went into House of War and walked mm. in, I was like, I've never seen a gaming store that is. This yeah, big it's it's. Before. And it's got a whole other, like basically a whole mezzanine level that's all tables. Yeah, and then so. there's an upstairs space that they don't even use, and yeah. that they, they, they have if they're going to ever have big tournaments. So I think they've run yeah. a couple of big tournaments. Up yeah, there. I think they ran Ark one year there, and they were like, okay, maybe this is a bit too yeah. too much for I us. I think is it the the largest gaming store in the Southern Hemisphere? I believe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, I went to the grand opening, and there was a good couple hundred people in there, and it didn't look that full. It didn't yeah. look that full. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but how did your game go last night? So what, it was you were playing tack. Yeah, I was playing tack again, and I was running. I ran a, a five-man um, line line Kazakh link with two missile launchers. My, my favorite way to play two missile launcher links. Yep. Um, and then I ran a Harris um, veteran Kazakh link with the, my my LT and an APH and G, uh, a boarding shotgun and the T two Harris profile. And then I had like a Spetsnaz and then some Sturlocks. There were some antipodes. And some antipodes as well. Like pretty pretty stock stock standing. EVA tack- two antipodes? No, just one. I, 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 look, I considered it, but I thought I don't have six antipodes. So I'm like, oh, I can't do it. And um, yeah, I played Ridden. The first turn was a bit rough for him. I, he was running a- Ridden was playing JSA. Yeah, he was playing JSA. He was, he was um, running a, a Damaru Tanko two missile launcher link team um, for the first. We were playing Decapitation as well. Um, so from what, from what I understand it, that list is one of your lists. Basically, well. yeah, it was it was one of my lists that I half the models are mine. No, sorry, Rid, but <laughs> I think all the tankos are mine. <laughs> um, I suppose I should cop some blame for that because I remember I played you once and you had the one. Yeah, and I was like, that's a bit. Yeah, but... to be fair, Barry's the one who told me to run two, and I'm like, hey, that's the smarter run two. Um, and so I run two for now. But anyway, going back to the game, um, yeah. So I managed to kill I think with a flamen spear and, and one of the tankos and a few other things here and there, but. I guess the kicker was is that it's, it's it was a classic example of, of when to not get too greedy. So 
by the end of my turn three, I'd killed um, um, the the HVT. I hadn't killed any LTs. He hadn't killed mine. But we were kind of both in a position where he needed five orders. And I still had like, I think, 12 or something like that. And I thought to myself, well, if I push and kill the LT, it's like a, a massive major win. But if I don't, I'll just hold back and I'll be able to defend my HVT and it'll still be a win for me regardless I've got more points and an HVT. But I thought, no, nah, I'm going to go all in. So I went all in and um, sure enough, I got my vet Kazak killed. So that gave him two points or three or four points, whatever it is for LT kill. And then I'm like, all right, I've now got to kill his LT to actually have a chance of this. And I went in with the Sturlock to go kill his LT. Um, and then on the way in, it was a, his LT was a Damaru. And on the way in, two Damaru killed the Sturlock. So it ended up like turning from a a major win to a major loss because <laughs> he then managed with five orders to kill the HVT and that was that was pretty much it so um, lesson learned don't get too greedy that's right yeah what about your game um, so I played against Jacob uh, Jacob usually plays uh, with steel phalanx yep um, I've, he's probably of all the people that I've played with regularly I've probably played more games against him yeah um, than anyone else just practice games for tournaments and all sorts of things like that mm. um, so went in expecting to be playing against Steel Phalanx I hadn't like specifically designed a list to combat Steel Phalanx I just brought one of the standard lists that I usually played with what are you playing? Uh, ISS, ISS Imperial, yeah. Imperial Service yeah, yeah. and um, so Jacob turns up and tells me that he's playing Bakunin Mm. Um, which is a sectorial that I had literally never faced before, so didn't have any expectations on, on what to face, except that I knew I was going to be facing Riot Girls. Yep. And so the first thing that I said was, okay, so you're bringing Bakunin, where are the Riot Girls going? And he told me he's not actually bringing any He's Riot running girls. nuns with guns. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So he had a five-man uh, medium infantry link team uh, with Kusanagi and the... Is it Moira's? Is that how you pronounce it? I Moira's? think so, yeah, Moira's, yeah. Yeah, and... Did uh, he start them forward? He did. Good, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so that was, was... The game didn't go too well for Jacob. Um, and we had a big chat about it afterwards. Basically, he was, try, he was trying something new and um, didn't know how it was going to go and, and also wanted to try out that forward deployment on the medium infantry. Um, the thing is, he kitted out the link with a HMG and so a sniper stuff rifle that needs and to the sorts yeah. of things that you don't want to have that far up the board mm. um, and yeah it, uh, I managed to also the, that whole link had ODD mm. I had a, um, a Rushi so the Spitfire with MSV2 yep. and it. my lieutenant was the, Shen. the Sienna yeah. warrior with a HMG MSV2 as well yep. um, like I say I hadn't ex like I hadn't designed something to come up against a lot of ODD, uh, even though if you usually run Steel Phalanx, that's something that's often there. Mm. But I just, I, they're just two of my go-to sort of hitters in the in the in the list that I generally take. And so um, we were we were just throwing dice at each other, and um, I, I came out the better. Yeah, I think on yeah. that one. But yeah. um, it was a good fun game, mm. and um, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll have more games in the future. I guess the moral of the story is you just got to listen to uh, to Lachlan uh, Summer, Lucky Summer, and. Uh, you know, run right girls instead of the of anything else. I'm sure he would uh, he would be listening to this and thinking, uh, should run right girls. <laughs> exactly. Always. Should yeah. Always run right. Yeah. Always run right. Girls. Always run right girls. Yep. So what's next? Cool. Well, I guess we'll move on. Um, another uh, thing that has been announced recently was the, the missions for CanCon, which is a big the big satellite tournament that happens in Canberra on is it Australia Day? Yes. Um, every year. On, weekend. on that long weekend and. Um, 
Uh, both Julian and I went along last year. We're both going along this year yep. or next year as well. Um, I'm not sure if Barry's coming along. Barry, have you decided yet? Undecided? Um, I'm on the fence. Still on the fence? Still okay. on the fence. I like the missions though. So. Well, yeah, yeah, we might see you there. So the, the missions, uh, compared to last year, or this, this year, they're quite uh, shoot 'em up missions, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So the missions that we're going to be looking at are Supremacy, which is effectively... Quadrant control, quadrant control, slightly different. Um, decapitation, where you have to kill the lieutenant uh, and then keep killing lieutenants. Mm. Uh, Frontline, so basically push, forward. push forwards and, and get more points. Supplies, where you pick up nice crates. little crates and keep them. Yep. And then firefight, which is exact, if effectively just kill your opponent. Yeah, wipe them off the table. That's right. Yeah. So um, ju- judging from the post that, um, that Mark Fabian put up, uh, about this announcement, I think it's definitely the right direction to go in. They mm. want to make it. Um, they they don't want it to be a game of making lists that are going to suit the specific missions and, and having and specific to make armies it, as well. I yeah, think, I think last year with what happened with the grid has really haunted them. Um, I know that like Gavin Bateman and I had a massive talk after at both of our games. I played Callum, who I played in the last round of Simphage as well. And like no no discrediting to Callum, he, we've both talked about it a lot of times. But like it was literally he won in game round two, and Gavin was the same in his game. Whoever he played, he 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 lost in round two, and it, they don't want to basically I think repeat missions where you can basically knock your opponent out of the game before the game's finished. Like Callum and I had not lost almost a single model by the time round two had ended. Um, but it was already game. Over. It was already game over. And the turn three, we we killed a whole stack of stuff, but it was literally playing for me to get a few more points, and that was that was it. And I think Gavin's game was the same, um, and, and that mission in particular, like armies like Ariadna, just really struggle with because they don't have MSV and smoke. They mm-hmm. can't put the age old. I put smoke down, and I shoot the the, the antenna. So I think they wanted to stop that from happening, and they really listened to the, the community feedback about how people just did not like the grid and 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 uh, highly classified not as much but yeah the grid in particular i think really um really has haunted them from last year yeah and i guess the, yeah. having the grid and highly classified in a five round tournament because they are both generally uh missions th- that you yeah. want to build on this specific can, I'd, I'd argue that you can tackle highly classified with an old coverage list I, I i would agree yeah a lot of people would disagree though Mm. Um, so I'm sort of playing especially playing game. Ariadna you, you like again in it might I play yeah, Gavin last in, 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 in highly classified and literally it came down to the fact that he did all of his objectives I did all of mine but I didn't have a hacker one of the missions was a hacking based mission so I couldn't do it he had a hacker it was a war driver and he's like at the start of the game he's like I bet you the war driver will win me this and he's like and I said to him, like, 100% of all. And sure enough, last few orders of the game, Wardriver went up and did the objective and won in the game. Um, so I think, yeah. I mean, that's generally why I tend to ignore the classifieds in previous mm. seasons, because the Wardriver is terrible. Yeah. Um, and one SWC for a, a Wardriver that can actually do anything else in the game is very expensive, especially when you can spend those SWC on mine layer chassers and Spetsnats. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of tended towards me ignoring the classifieds and just trying to secure the H15 unless it's something like sabotage. But if you're going to ignore the classifieds in highly classified... But if you know that's coming up, you can can put it in your list 
because mm-hmm. um, you know basically of highly classifieds there I'm going to have to have a list that has a doctor an engineer a hacker and a foreign observer at least um, the well I mean with the new deck actually that we're going to be talking about in a minute uh, that could be very different because it could be different they, they yeah. are yeah. mixed up quite a bit now yeah. it's not in the, the past that was generally and yeah yeah, and generally you did see a lot of lists that had one mm. of everything, just exactly. so that you can yeah. you can deal with any classified. And again, mm. armies like Ariadna just suffered so much from it. But a lot of armies, unless you're playing hack, yeah, most armies did not have excellent choices for all four options. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Ariadna, if you had a four reserve one, you're like, oh, well, that's no problem because I yeah, have about exactly. ten of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then if you have something like Doctor something and you're playing Ariadna, you're like. Something's probably dead, but you know, like you get hit in Ariadne, it's probably dead. Yeah, yeah. Very little goes unconscious, you know. So yeah, yeah. In the list that I've been building since I've been playing ISS, mm. just because the way that I've been building lists, I just tend to have mm. almost all the different kinds of uh, specialists in there. Mm. I'll have mm. a sofa tech, which gives me a doctor and engineer. I'll have hackers because I want to take robots. Yeah. Um, and you want to support them, and yeah, exactly. Yes, or just to be able to have access to put. Them of course, in the list yeah, yeah. Have a hacker, yeah. and then um, forward observers because they're cheap, and you can just sort of throw them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a good segue to move on to talking about the the next subject. I suppose I just because the the choice of missions as well is interesting in that in the last couple of seasons in a planetarios very heavily focused on that style of mission the, mm. so the, what was the, the direct op was it direct op? direct action oh, direct remember, action yeah. Um, so yeah it's interesting that they, they've chosen those missions um, yeah mm. um, but yeah no that's a great opportunity to segue into our next topic um, which is Sorry, just going to be no, that's going to be a brief <laughs> chat on uh, the uh, recent drop of season X or season I, I like how it like you know lines up perfectly with the new iPhone. You know, the, I mean that's been out for a while, but you know the iPhone X. I think it's a. I'm putting my local advertising in here. You know, I think it's an amazing phone. Okay, I'm I joking, think. guys. It's not. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's it's Samsung so much better. Buy Samsung. Um, Samsung's a cheap knockoff. Oh god. So I'm sure by now most people have had a chance to have a bit of a look at the document for the new season mm. and all the new changes that have that have happened. Barry's shaking his head, but um, yeah, I, I've had a good look. I, I, yes. I, to be honest, I have not had a massive look at it. Um, I have, however, picked up the new classified deck, um, which actually went on sale today. Um, and I think the, this new classified deck of all the changes is going to be one of the most um, impactful because it really does shake yeah. things up. I think for me, the biggest impact, the biggest change to the whole game is going to be that that change to, to, to combat jump. That's just going to be huge. Like, I'm looking at lists now, for for example, for CanCon, and I'm just looking at a fractor, and I'm just like, it's all on clue. Sure. It's just, it's just, it's just going to be so amazing. A, 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 a rule to have to be like, imagine dealing with link teams where they've they've covered their bases, they've covered a corner. And you have, uh, for example, a fractal with a boarding shotgun. You drop them down out of line of sight where they can't see, and you then walk around a corner and boarding shotgun. Yeah, it just you've it, done that for one order. It makes uh, drop troops that much more, and it, I guess it invites mm. people to do the co- the the combat drop. Yeah, much much more because while you will see drop troops in so many lists, mm-hmm. uh, even like in in the last season, mm. to have them actually drop in mm. is not something that would happen. Yeah. It's not a regular occurrence. Yeah. Well, people um, were always just afraid to fail in the role. Exactly. And yeah. I don't know that that's 
going to change. No. Because I, no. I don't think the problem was ever, there's nowhere for me to put the template. It was always a, there's a one in four chance that it's going to scare in front of someone and get killed. That's, yeah, I don't, um, di- I don't disagree with that. But it also, because you don't have to put that whole template down, it now opens up all these other areas that you yeah. can drop into. Yeah. That um, while, you sh- while you may still have had decent areas to be able to put the whole template, um, to be able to put just the model down really does open up. Yeah. Some, some some real big opportunities. So I think we will be seeing more people do combat job drops. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been playing around with going going back to from going from ISS back to vanilla Eugene, so I can take a list with three tiger soldiers in it. And I think like taking something like an Evo now to back up that jump is just going to be it's going to be fifty or sixty points of a list that's going to be huge. Because all of a sudden, if you're taking like a limit insertion list and you take, or even not, even if it's something like, you know, Wawans or something like that, and you take an Evo, they're getting that assisted. I'm fairly certain the Evo is given to assisted jump without having to spend the order. But yeah. um, but then it's only one order. It's it's only one order, but for example, limit insertion lists can now take, you know, that Evo and all of a sudden aren't suffering as much um, from, from that jumping and spending the order. Because all of a sudden you're not spending two orders, you're only spending one. I mean, you're, not, you're not spending anything really, but because um, yeah, you don't get, need to spend that first order to put the yeah, on, yeah, exactly, with it yeah, and that's what I've been looking at in in the lead up to this is with missions and stuff like that. For for is is going okay if I'm taking limit insertion, which for combined army is what I'm pretty much going to be doing. I'm looking at my list now and I'm going. I'm going to take an Evo and I'm going to take a Fractor, and if I come up against a link team, I'm going to use that Fractor to take away four of their orders, and and in effect sort of counterbalance the the fact that I'm only playing limited insertion um, which I think you know is quite a, a huge huge change to the game yeah um, and I mean going back to what we were talking about the CanCon missions that have been mm. announced Firefight Decapitation can, well I mean but in Firefight yeah. in particular mm. you can walk on from the inside the opponent's uh, mm. inside your opponent's but then that buff isn't going to no yeah, but yeah. if people are considering that buff Means that they're taking. Don't they more get a, a, an AD buff in firefight though? I'm yeah, but if you walk in a... from the back, so the, the, essentially any AD troop becomes mm. Van Sant. Yeah, you, you're not spending an order to do that. Well, no. you're not spending. Yeah, you're not making a roll to do that. Yeah. No, but so my, my point being that I've already got lists because I'm now encouraged because it's now easier for me to drop troops in. There's more drop troops in my list, which means they're going to yeah. be more dangerous in that I, mission. As I well. think it looks good on paper. I think it'll mm. even even out. You only really have the problem when you've got the standard sort of club um, or the you know the, the size of the buildings that come in up high storm, and you can't get the template on the top of those. Sure. So all that's really stopped in the past is you haven't been able to drop the the troop on top of a building. Um, yeah, we'll see. But I, I don't, yeah, personally, I don't think that buffs as big. As it looks to be, but yeah. I suppose it is. It is good that they've they've made buffs to try and because AD troops and mm-hmm. not medium infantry are quite maligned. But yeah. AD do get um, plus three to the jump mod as well. So if you're taking like a remote and in yeah in, well, in, in firefight in firefight, so you can effectively get a plus six mod. You can get plus. Can, does it stack? I'm, I don't know if it stacks. Um, it doesn't. I mean, I'm but bear reading, in mind as well. We're just quickly reading here, guys. You know. Um, I, I, it doesn't say it doesn't stack here, so correct us if we're wrong in the comments. But um, you know, if you are doing that, like it, 
it, it makes that ability to just come down, you know, and and effectively counter people very very easily for very little, you know, orders and stuff like that. So, but a lot of lists as well usually have a couple of hackers. Are you yes, to drop in if every single one of those hackers gets mm-hmm. to U-turn you. Yeah, but it's still a face to face roll, and it's not as good for them because they've still got neg mods. Yeah, but if you've yeah. got multiple hackers, that that builds up. It, it does, does, it does. But I guess you know if you can always think about it in the way if you you know if you know that you're going to bring in your AD trooper later on in the game, your target might be for that first turn to try and neutralize those hackers. Um, I mean, it's all all theory crafting here, but I, I just think it's going to be a, a massive massive difference to the game more so than the medium infantry changes. Sure, which um, I mean, which we haven't even mentioned yet. The yeah. medium changes medium infantry. They now get. Is it four deployment level one? Yeah, and, and if they, they already forgot. had four deployment level yeah, one. They level get four, two. They get level two. Mm. So, I mean, someone with four deployment level two is pr- pretty much infiltration. Yeah. Um, most of the time, depending on what the table looks like. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on how that's going to impact? I think um, certain armies are going to benefit more than than others. Um, you know, I'd, I'm not too. I haven't really read into it too much. Um, I don't think it's going to be massive changes. I just think it's going to make troops like Grunts, for example, better than what they they already were. Um, I think it's going to mean that heavy infantry with that 4-2, not heavy infantry, medium infantry with that 4-2 movement are going to benefit a lot more because all of a sudden that order efficiency, you're not not weighing up the choices with the order efficiency and stuff like that of taking a light infantry profile versus a medium infantry profile. Um, I don't think it's massive change. I'm a real defensive player, as Barry would uh, like to point out. I, I like to turtle up. So for me, if I'm taking like a you know medium infantry link team that's going to start four inches for like Rodox or something like that, you know they're going to start what an extra eight now. Um, I probably wouldn't end up doing that anyway, uh, unless there was some kind of objective that I wanted to or something that I wanted to push. Um, but I know, for example, Barry can probably speak for himself. If Barry was to do that, he would probably push them forwards because he's quite an aggressive player. What what do you what would you do? I think it's it's situational. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for depending on your composition of your link team. It's good if you've got a sniper or a, another aero piece in the link team, and you know a good table design is always going to be like a sniper tower or something just outside your deployment just zone. Deployment, of course, and then allows you to put in one of the biggest buffs of uh, Lemuet was that he always had forward deployment, and the amount of times that made a difference when I took him was like. Oh, I can just put him in this tower mm. just outside the deployment zone. So I think that, for me, is the main benefit of that buff. Um, yeah, I, I've never been overly concerned with the 4-2 move when I've taken them. Um, back when I used to play Corregidor, um, that never put me off taking a Wildcat Link team. Yeah, just Wildcat's that, be really good. Now. Yeah. Really good. But Wildcats are one of those those medium infantries that are good. Mm. And they, um, without this buff, they were without this yeah. buff, they yeah. were already good just because they had a, a big toolbox mm. of um, the weapon options were good, the specialist options were good. Um, same with Bag Marie, if you're going to run a continental, assuming the continental doesn't explode, <laughs> we'll get um, onto that later. <laughs> like Bag Marie were already considered to be good, like point for point, possibly one of the best link teams, if not the best medium infantry link teams. So people are going to take them before the buff. The buff's just, you know, icing on top. Similarly, I don't think anyone that thought bolts are bad. Um, 
are going to take bolts now that they've got this buff. In the same way that like, you're talking about AD, mm. I think there's two schools of thought with AD. There's the school of thought that think it's fantastic, mm. um, and they're going to take it anyway. And then there's a school of thought that thinks that's an order that I've bought that's off the table, and that's just a waste of an order, which is more of the school of thought I have unless I'm running. I used like to be like that as well. Yeah. Five, um, just because they bring so much mm. extra. But that buff for me isn't going to make me change my mind about AD or the way yeah. I would use them. And I think it's the same with MI. Depending on the army you play and your opinion on medium infantry and the the buffs they have versus the the drawbacks, I, I don't think that's really going to change people's minds. Again, though, like I said, the conventional wisdom is that medium infantry is bad and AD is bad. And mm. I do like that. And it's the same with previous seasons. Tags were bad. You know, the the conventional internet wisdom and I do like that CBR targeting them just like the little tweaks just to make them a little bit more more tempting choices just to mm. vary up the lists I mean even from a I guess from a marketing perspective and how the game portrays itself to the public when someone's walking past the table and they see tags on the table it, it looks good yeah, yeah. it yeah. does the first model I bought was a cutter because I walked uh, when I, again when I saw Paul and and Noakes playing, I, I, I saw, I can't even remember what tag they were playing, but it was one of the oldest, old, I think it might have been an old Guija. That shows you how cool the old Guija was, even though it looks crap compared to new models. I saw that, and I'm like, that's awesome. And I went online, and I saw the Carter, and I was like, I think I just, my, I think, yeah, I looked at my pants, and I was like, I think that's an erection. Yeah. And, and sure enough, it was, and so there I bought the model the next day. I think I was like, you know, about 17 years old, and I, I think- It was a very confusing time. It was a very confusing so, time. So it may or may not have had the, anything the, to do with the tag. Yeah, but the hilarity <laughs> is, is that I made my mum go down to the store that was near her work in Ferntree Gully, kind of from what the store was, and buy a cutter for me, because that's how badly I wanted that model. So going back to that whole tag thing, like tags are an amazing way to bring people in the game, and they should be powerhouses. You know, they should be something that people... And you should want to take them. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the moment, when I look at any of the, all of the tags, there's only two tags that I or three that I'll look at and I'll go, yes, I want them on my, my list. That's the Sphinx, the Avatar, and the Cutter. And maybe the Squalo sometimes here and there. But I just think that, that all the other tags, they just really, particularly the man tags, they just really suffer from, yeah. I think there's just that... that preference for mm. high order lists. I mean yeah. going back to the like the first, like I said the in the previous episode, the, the Dragao mm. was the first model I ever bought and it mm. was probably two years before I bought a second Infinite model. And I think other than the the combined tags, I think I own almost every tag that's produced. Yeah. Even though I play Ariadna. Because mm. the models are like the centerpiece of your collection models. Mm. So, like that new Salamander model looks amazing. I love it. Yeah. I think it's it's awesome. it's one of my favorite new yeah. sculpts. Yeah, I absolutely love that one. And the profile is amazing, but I think for me, if I was going to take that tag, and I was going to take it every game and have it as an auto include, for it not to have a repeater and be part of an army that is all about repeaters and hacking, is it just a travesty? Like mm. that that model should have a repeater on it for it to be one of the like an, an auto include. Because um, well, then... it's only really the iguana, I think, that has a repeat. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's the big selling point of the iguana. And it's in, a, it's in the faction of nomads that doesn't excel at hacking. <laughs> like, it's a bit... It, it's a bit. It's good in vanilla, though. Like, I wouldn't yeah. would generally run in the iguana in Corregidor, but I would have run it in vanilla. Yeah. Just because, yeah. I, I just think that the, the tags in general, there needs to be something more than fatality. I think... 
they need to make them more survivable in ways that aren't just slapping on more armor, you know, or, or, um, or um, I think probably the best example would be making them more defensive against hacking and stuff like that. But again, then people complain that hackers aren't as, you know, as good as they were and, and why would I take hackers anymore, you know? So I just think going back to that marketing point that, that CB probably needs to make tags a bigger part of the game. Um, I, th- I think for me, it comes down to the one order. Yeah. And- I think, like I said in the previous episode as well, that like a key part of list building is buying the orders. That's why you mm-hmm. take the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. With a new lieutenant, is a lieutenant level two mm-hmm. rule yeah. where you get two lieutenant orders. I think tags would benefit from a rule like that, that where is, you buy the tag, yeah. and you, even if it's like you get mm-hmm. the regular and an irregular, mm-hmm. they would benefit from having their own order. That's or, a fantastic idea, I think. Well, similar yeah. to like the data tracker order last season where... Um, well, that was only the second part of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, I think they would benefit from bringing more than one order, even if it's... Mm. I suppose the danger there is then the game becomes about Rambo and tags and who kills the other player's tag first. Mm. Yeah. But the, I think that is... Because you look at something like the cutter, and the cutter is, what, 114 points, and then you buy one order, mm. which basically means you're playing limited insertion for most people. But, but um, likewise, like you're going back to the Ramboing thing, I think that the skill of playing a tag is knowing that you, you, you push and then you withdraw. A tag is like like conventional armor these days. An armor, the purpose is, is to push through your enemy where you, you physically can't with infantry or anything else. And that's what a tag is there to do, is, is there to punch holes in the lines and then let the infantry do the work through it. And that's the way I'd always envision playing them. Whereas I think a lot of people, they just go, boom, put the tag on the table, run it up, up, it gets killed by you know something in the middle of the field because they didn't bother pulling it back when I should have. Um, but if you don't have something in your list that can deal with it, yeah, the tag, exactly, yeah. it becomes very difficult to deal with. Mm. Um, that was something that I came across when I was at CanCon this year because at CanCon I came up of the my five opponents. I think two or three of them had tags. Mm. Before that, playing in Melbourne, I had literally no never takes played, tags down here. I'd yeah. never played against a tag yeah. before. I mean, that, so I did not have a, I didn't have an AP, didn't have assault hackers, didn't have. Yeah. The sorts of tools you There's need and that's how to deal with them yeah and that's the thing with meta like I don't like using that word but that's the thing with like you know different communities is like the guys up in Sydney and, and you know the north coast and stuff like that they love their tags like they, they play a lot I mean a lot of them do like Lockie Carter for example loves his tags um, and I think that was what when I went to CanCon like the first thing in the back of my head was like if I come against one of those guys I'm going to need something so I just included antipodes yeah that was well, I was about yeah. to say that <laughs> the problem I always had was that Ariadna doesn't, unless you like take the Vec Kazakh, it doesn't have a lot of multi or AP. Mm. It has some AP, but none of the AP choices really appeal to me. And like the tank hunter is still dicey against a tag. Yeah, and it's, I wouldn't take a tank hunter on the presumption of take it, facing a tag. I would no. always take the Spetsnats. Yeah. And the Spetsnats, you could waste 10 orders and have all your bullets ping off. Mm. Whereas the joy of antipodes is like, I think every time I've played someone with a tag since I started taking antipodes, the antipodes have eaten the tag. And that's because they don't pull their tag back. They leave them in the middle of the field. Or even if they don't, if they try and protect yeah. it, it can protect itself mm. as they run across the table yeah. and, and eat it. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a game in Cancun where a guy was running, I've forgotten his name, he's from Newcastle, he plays with Gavin a lot, and he had a Marut, and he ran the Marut up, and he just ran out of orders to pull it back, and sure enough, in my turn, the antipodes were just like, 
Jumps right jumps right the on. danger is, I suppose, two points here. One, maybe we should change the name of the episode to Attack of the Antipodes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> moral of the story is always take Antipodes. Yeah, any, ABA any two faction, Antipodes. Yeah, every ABA faction should antipodes. get access to Antipodes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing. That, as soon as the rules were, were official, I was straight down the game shop. I was like, I'll just buy Antipodes. And they're like, don't you already have Antipodes? And I'm like, yes, but now I need two. Um... Yeah, I forgot what the second point was going to be. Oh, that's all right. We should probably move on now. I've talked a lot, a lot about that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, what are we talking about now? Topic of discussion one, link teams. Was that, that was all talking about season 10. I feel like we sort of diverged a bit there. Yeah. That's fine. Um, <laughs> cool. Cold front. All right, cool. Well, we all want to have a bit of a chat about uh, Operation Cold Front. So which we is... all got that now? We got what? We Cold got Front? It? No, I don't. I it Literally, I was like become an uncharacteristically solely towards CB because I ordered it directly from them and it hadn't come and then it arrived last night and all is forgiven <laughs> yeah I got mine from uh, through TSI uh, and it came a little a couple weeks ago I think and um, I've, I've, I've been, had a look well, the, I don't really intend on playing either of those factions but I wanted it so that I could because I, I want to paint up both of them myself I get my painting eye back in because I haven't done that in a, in a few years and, you could, you um, could give me the the Kazakhs if you wanted no, to. I, I intend to keep them because I want to have <laughs> I want to have these two starter <laughs> sets a that deal I can. Deal for the Kazakh dice. I want to have these two starter sets that I can then have to run demo games with because yeah. I think they're two really decent packs to be able to introduce someone to the game mm. with. Um, so that's the reason I picked it up, and I just really love a lot of the skulls as well. Mm. Even though I don't really ten, intend to jump in wholeheartedly into one of the factions. Yep. Uh, whereas I believe both of you are going to be playing TAC. Is yeah, that, is that accurate? I've kind of already been playing tag because mm. until same here, I've been playing Ariadna for... was tag. Yeah, which I, yeah. Uh, which is an interesting point as well. I mean, who uh, with this new with these new releases, who is better off, the Tartary Armor Core or Vanilla? Oh, uh, both, both. I think there's some interesting yeah. choices going into Vanilla. Yeah, um, things like I don't know if I would take Strelux over Sisters. Um, obviously that I'd changes up both because they're both different and both good at doing different things yeah. like a Sterlock is a really amazing aggressive forward like yeah. forward, forward piece that can push buttons whereas a Chasseur is, is a really amazing button pusher and if it gets caught out you go I'll, I'll blow my load and flamethrower you Chasseur is though just having the 6th sense level on, on it's a amazing yeah. camel infiltrated model with a flamethrower is just such a unique yeah. Yeah. skill set um, but I don't think I would necessarily miss it because when I have tried to play sectorials of Ariadna, I've always kind of missed um, something that I have in vanilla. Mm. And I don't think that's the case with Tack. I think Tack would be like, oh, well, I might not have this, but this thing's. Yeah, Tack gets good. pretty much. Like the Sturlocks have such a wide, varying profile. Like you look at them and you go, I have my Ford Observer. And then I think the one that a lot of people are missing is the, the Antipode. Um, controller uh, yeah. version that is probably one of the best anti-camo pieces at the moment in Infinity yeah. outside of just an antipo pack because all of a sudden um, you're starting up forwards in 20 like you forward 20 inch zone and you go if you know someone's playing JSA for example and they've, they've deployed something they said I've announced that I'm, I've deployed something superior infiltrate you spend two orders and you run up the table and you just censor and you can just you know and the, yeah. the danger with an antipode pack when you censor is the all reveal. Exactly. I don't think that's the case with the Strelog because the controller will idle. Yeah. And I, 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 I meant to look at yeah. that, but I haven't had a look. So the antipode would reveal, but the yeah. antipode is almost like an ablative piece that, you know, yeah. you run into something and it eats it while the controller is mm. safe or you use it yeah. to censor or... 
Um, and like, it's also, I guess, the, the, the question is like when you rock around a corner and you go, I have an antipoden camo and, and I'm going to discover another camo piece. You go, well, I'm going to reveal and discover you. They're probably just going to reveal and shoot you for free. But if they don't, you're probably going to discover them and then they're going to sit there and go, okay, what's coming next? And that's when the Spetsnaz rocks around the corner and, you know. AVA for Spetsnaz. Yeah. Um, I just think that 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 piece in particular, that that Sterlock profile is just amazing. Better than any of the links they included. Better than the, the, I'm going to butcher the name, the Frontovics or... Frontovic. Yeah, whatever, whatever they're called. I just think that those new Sterlocks are just such a solid, solid profile. Um, particularly like a Ford Observer with a boarding shotgun is just amazing. Like other other pro- other factions, like for example, if you look at Ariadna, just, you know, in that case, like um, what are they called? The American uh, Fox Rots. Yep. They get a boarding shotgun, but it's not a Ford Observer. Yep. So. And just looking there, Sherlock's actually the force. I'm trying to work out yeah. how many endopods you can get in the list. And the mine layer is, is amazing as well because you just go, there's three camera markers. One of them's a boarding shotgun. One of them you're going to waste orders on to discover. The other one's a mine. You know, it's just it's just an all-around. Those those profiles, there's not a single profile I look at that. Maybe the T2 rifle, I think they have there. So or... I'm, I'm just stuck on 10 antipodes. I want to go home and build 10, 10 antipodes now. <laughs> AVA4 on Strelox. And yeah. And two antipode packs. Yeah. And that's before you get into Dog Warriors and... I think Andrew Noakes is doing that at the moment. I think he's building a whole stack of... Um, uh, he's he's t- making his tack, tack doggo list. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll just say one last thing on those Stelks. As you can see, uh, they're, they're making me feel all good on the inside. Um, I just think that they're probably one of the... Be- Again, as Gavin has said a few times, like I was speaking to you, like CB knows how to make a good profile. And this is one of those profiles where you look at and go, this is a really good profile. Because the thing that a lot of Ford... Um, deployment specialist pieces suffer with is they just can't cannot get themselves out of a firefight to, or into a firefight where they need to push a button whereas a Sterlock can it will run up do a boarding shotgun kill a model that's in its way and then push the button um, whereas something like uh, Saito for example you're paying double the points and he can do that but you're paying double the points and in the reactive turn he's shooting back at you with a combi rifle mm. which is just not scary but as I learned at the weekend, you want to put them back in TL. Exactly, exactly. You need to save the orders to put them yeah. back in TL. Whereas a Sturlock, you know, you can almost afford to not put them... I mean, you probably can't, but you can, you can. it's not as much of a worry if you don't get them back into camo. And then if worse comes to worse, you have command tokens, which, let's face it, you're only really going to be spending them to do combined orders in TAC. You just spend your combined order and you re-camo all the Sturlocks that are revealed. I suppose, yeah. yeah, going back to the box, the thing that I know the there's been a move in the way that CB have actually cut the models... Like the, in terms of how you, because it used to be you'd have the body, the head, the backpack, the two arms. Yep. And some of those were just, even with the CAD models, were horrific. Oh, you could not get them to line up. Like the, the GSA ones I built on Friday, like I think if they'd have been the old way of doing it, like I would not build that army to play the next day. They all went together so easily. Mm-hmm. And the models that are in Cold Front look even better. Just mm-hmm. the way they've been put together, just. Most some of them is just like it's going to be two pieces, yeah. and the whole model's built, and the way they've cut it is just, yeah, like it's strange to be excited about the way that a model's been broken down. But it, I think they learnt a lot from the plastic yeah. Aristea miniatures. The only ones that look a bit weird are the Dakinis, because you have to stick like the chicken feet. <laughs> 
on. There's like a little peg at the bottom of the leg and then you have to stick the chicken feet on and then the chicken feet go on the, the base. There's no like tab. Mm. I haven't um, had a close look at them yet. But I don't know if that's just a nod to how notoriously difficult bikinis have always been assembled, that they've just been like, no, we can't make these too easy. But the rest of the models just, yeah, they just look fantastic. And the models obviously look fantastic because we've all seen them, but just the way they're put together just... Makes it a lot easier. It looks like it's going to be a dream. You could sit down in an afternoon, I think, and just knock, knock the whole box out if you wanted to. Nice. Yep, yep. Nice. Well, um, the title of today's episode being Attack of the Link Teams. Mm. Uh, Attack of the Antipodes. Attack of the Link Teams. Antipodes are a sort of a link team, I guess. <laughs> Not really. They're more, they're more of a coordinated order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, I guess what I wanted to talk to both of you about was, I mean, from the games that i played with, with each of you and what I've seen you guys do, uh, you've both got very different styles in how you build and play with your link teams. I've only started playing link teams since I started playing ISS over the past nine months. Um, so I'm still fairly new to putting them together, how they work, and so I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about sort of the different components there, how you might put together an offensive versus a defensive link, and all that sort of so thing. So I, I suppose there are, I'm trying to learn how the new philosophy behind link teams work. I did try and play link teams when I first started playing Infinity, and they just never appealed to me, um, just because one of the the great things about it is you're building a, a strike team and and having every model do something different. Um, you mean in terms of Infinity as a as an overall game? Yeah. The, the, so the I've team always itself. yeah. So I've always preferred to play vanilla factions. Mm. I think the way they've pushed out in the last year and they're probably going to push the next year. They seem to be wanting to push the game into the way sectorials for whatever reason. It does seem like they're 100% focused on sectorials. So I'm trying to play, uh, you know, play sectorials just so I can understand how they play better, even if I decide to go back to play vanilla. I never used to like the, the, the homogeneous link team. Sure. The, I have to buy five guys that are exactly the same because if the link team breaks or your other pieces die, those guys can only do one thing. Um, whereas if you take 15 different profiles, every one of them can do something different. Yeah, and I mean, going back onto what we were talking about with TAC, yeah. where you've now got wildcard uh, yeah, which is options as well, yeah. which um, like uh, Comra Comrade Colonel Veronin, who yeah, can yeah. now literally join any link team that he wants. Or, or Comrade Colonel yeah. Vet Kazak with yeah. APH and G. Because <laughs> even like the, the front of X, looking at the profiles there, they have some interesting profiles. I don't think you'd want to put them on the same link team. Yeah. But you don't have to. Because you can include a, a front of it in a, a line Kazakh link team, and then you can load as many vet Kazakhs into that link team as you want. They can have a Harris team that can then put vet Kazakhs in it. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, they've done the same thing with the link teams in uh, uh, JSA. No, the OS operations. Yeah, Vedic. 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 OSS. SS. Um, Tunguska, <laughs> yeah, JSA, all the other ones. <laughs> but I suppose they're like, if you look at the, the initial releases from the start of the year, those kind of special link teams, it was you have to take these five guys and 
if one of them dies and they happen to be the link leader, sure. your link team is toast. Yeah, the thing, mm. like the particularly with like Ikari yeah. Company, and I think that's also in uh, Starco yeah. With, yeah. with their links, where it's instead of up to, it's actually a defined number, yeah. um, which makes them a bit more fragile. Or even like even going to like military orders, if you take the cheaper Magister's link team, if you kill the the Hospitaller or the Santiago, if they they can't reform the team on their own. Sure. The the new one, like attack, it just yeah, because they just put wild cards in and the front. Yeah, it just seems like I can do this wonderful yeah. multidisciplinary mm-hmm. link team, and it doesn't matter how you try and counter it, mm-hmm. you're still gonna have a link team. Mm-hmm. And the thing with tack is like their their link team <clears throat> their link teams are amazing because they can take like a, a vet Kazakh front vic front of your link yeah. team and like again for example if you wanted to take a link team then in the first turn or two is going to dominate AROs and if they die then you're not too fast because what you do is you take your two HRLs or your one HRL you take your vet Kazakhs and you take three of them and basically you go when I lose my two front ovics, my vet Kazakhs are this amazing aggressive three man um, link team that's just going to march up the table and, and do a lot of work mm. and I think that's the really good thing about those new mixed links that didn't that like didn't exist before. Um, well, I mean, old... like the links that I play in Imperial Service, generally, I've not actually played the your proper pain train with wounding mm. um, that style. I'll generally take the the crane agents, mm. and you can have up to three crane agents in a core <clears throat> link of Celestial Guard, mm. so that you've got one, two, or three heavy infantry backed up by the rest of them light infantry dudes. Uh, who have got all sorts of assortment of weapons, and then mm. the crane agents have got an amazing toolbox as well with sensor and um, assault hackers and, and, and things like that. Also, it could be your lieutenant. Um, and I suppose, that, like you said, backup. The the key thing with the, the pain trains is if you take one of the, the heavy infantry links, you almost have to spend the rest of the, the orders that you've got or the, the points you've got to support them with hackers so that you don't get hacked. That isn't a problem attack. Mm. <laughs> like, they can't hack no your Kazakhs. They, they can't isolate your Kazakhs. This whole recording has just turned into a tack love fest. Yeah. Well, you've got two tack players on it. Like, uh, I mean, what yeah. do you think was going to... Don't, don't worry. Let me make a note of that. By don't the, invite By the way, if anyone wants to buy a GSA yeah. list, because I've just decided that, like, I'm just going all tack all the time now. That's um, right. Don't don't worry. In a minute, in touch, I'm going to talk um, JSA love, so it's yeah. okay, because I'm going to talk about the, link teams. Like, I, I've enjoyed JSA, mm. um, but, yeah, the more... I'm trying not to think too much about tack, because, like, yeah, I don't think mm. I need much convincing to... Yeah, to go 100% tag. I think the the thing that I like, I'm I'm really different when it comes to link teams with Barry because I have played the past two years link teams hard. Like I played a Sogarat link team when you used to be able to take four, three Sogarats and Cornac. You know, I've done all the the fun little hardcore link teams, um, and I think I'm doing the opposite now, where I'm going back to playing vanilla, and that's what I did last CanCon, and trying to play without link teams because I. I as a link team player, I'm going to say right now, they are a crutch and they, they do give you the ability to play infinity in a way that, you know, vanilla can't, and it will never be able to do, you know, you can shoot vanilla armies off the table and not even think about it. Um, well, you don't even have to, you just kind of sit there. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, that's, but you know, again, a skilled, skilled player can easily count that, but that's another issue altogether. I would disagree. As, Oh yeah, I would Dar- disagree. Barry yeah. would disagree. The two missile launcher tank link team that just sits. which is what I'm basically going to talk about. I yeah. Think so this- if you just want to go into yeah. that, what yeah. is this? This uh, what do you call it? Your orbital, uh, orbital bombardment, bombardment tanko um, link team. What does that comprise of? It comprises of two Damaru 
um, just either Neko and, and a chain rifle or just a no, two normal chain rifles. One's generally my LT. I think, I think you're burying the lead on this thing, team. We'll start with the Domro, but never mind. Yeah. And then two <laughs> Tanko missile launchers and then one Tanko with either the SMG or light shotgun. What I do is I just put my Tanko up on a on a building or anywhere where they all have a commanding view and or, or even down an alleyway or something like that. I'll put a doctor next to them and I'll go... You spend three turns trying to kill these guys while I go and push buttons. Um, and they're an amazing link team. I, I view them as a similar, like, kind of threat to, as Riot Girls. You know, Riot Girls, but, you know, they can shoot well, they dodge well, and they have MSV, so they count, they cancel mods. The difference with Tanko is they shoot well. Um, mods are obviously not as much of an issue. And the other thing that they do um, is they... Um, that they do better than Riot Girls and as you found in that tournament is, is that Riot Girls just cannot do close combat well like they just get shivved really easily where a tanko you get in close they'll shoot you really well close because they've either got chain rifles or with the Damaru or, or SMGs um, and then again if you get even closer they'll just hit you with you know monofilament close combat weapons and stuff like that I think for me when I'm looking at a link team I think there's two different sorts of link teams that I, I, I take one is purely defensive and that's basically your, your two missile launcher, um, any form of two missile launcher link team, whether it's light infantry or heavy infantry. And the other one would have to be a three-man Harris offensive link team. And I think the problem that a lot of newer players experience, and this is why they go, oh, link teams suck, I can never master them, is they take a five-man link team and they play it aggressively. And you just should never do that. Like, at least in my view, you should never do that because you get caught out, you, you, they're cumbersome. You might think you've got all your angles covered and then you don't. And then someone walks around and boarding shotguns you and you have, you know, three models get hit. Whereas a Harris link team, it's so much harder to do that because it's three models that you can position and you don't, it's not as easy to get them all clumped up or get them caught out. Um, and you can afford with a three-man link team to take three models that are really lethal so again, coming back to attack, you take a three-man Harris Link team of veteran Kazakhs, and all of a sudden you've got a you know really good boarding shotgun profile in there. You've got a T2 rifle and an AP HMG, and they're all going to be you know doing quite a lot of damage when they do and shoot it's back. Still only a third of your list. Yeah, and it's still only a third of your list. Whereas you know when someone takes a five-man Link team and they move that Link team up, the amount of times I've just looked at that and just gone, I'm just going to. Well, there's you know, not enough cover in the someone. Not enough team. cover, and you only have to take one model out. And then all of a sudden, that ability, you know, that that bonus of the plus three and stuff like that is just, it's wasted on four models that now all they get for the benefit of is an extra burst and six and I mean, that's, that's true five-man defensive, because a, a yeah. lot of our games where you've run your JSA, mm. I tend to find, it, well, Dan, I just throw the, the kitchen sink at them, yeah. and either I manage to kill one or two, and then it, the, your whole list unravels, yeah. or everyone dies. Yeah. And yeah, like you said about the Tanko, the the horrific thing about them is they're cheap. Mm. They should be S thirteen for a twenty five to thirty point model is heavy infantry two wounds is atrocious. Yeah, and the CCs amazing, amazing. Yeah, because with Ariadna, usually if it's like I can't deal with this person in shooting, mm. there's enough good close combat models I can just walk up and stab them. Yeah, and you can't do that with GSA. And so the thing they're the, very difficult. Yeah, and especially with Ariadna, you can't do the MSV yeah. smoke trick. Which probably isn't really going to work with a two-win model. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, even if you do so. try and do your MSV smoke trick against a five-man link, you're still up against uh, six hands level two. Mm. Which yeah, but the key so there is your ice because if, you're you've, got, if you've got the one. two missile launchers, yeah. it can sometimes be a, case a lot of orders to actually get the angle just on one. And then if you lose the face-to-face because they're ballistic skill 16, essentially, mm. burst two, and if they hit you, you're doing at least three saves. It, it's just a horrific exchange. Mm. Mm. Um yeah, it is very difficult, but I do agree what you said about the five man link team. Mm. A lot of the the lists I've been playing with in terms of like what links do I want to play with this season? Because this season that's probably I'm going to play mostly sectorials. I do tend to gravitate more towards the two two three man teams. So take you can a, take a call with a three, three people. man people in it and a Harris mm. with three people, and the the goal is probably going to have one on each end of the table and and push them up. Because the biggest buff on a link team is the burst two in arrow, the plus one birth in active. The the six sense level two is nice, but mm. if someone actually gets an angle on you, there's a limit to how much that's going to save you. They're still probably going to be able to pair off your link team one man at a time. Yeah. And same with the plus three burst, it's nice, but you only have to lose one roll, and then that's plus three gone. BS. You mean plus three BS? Yeah, yeah. plus three bursts. Oh yeah, don't frighten so. people like that. <laughs> That'd be like the people that think the uh, what was it full auto level two. Stacks with the yeah with the, with the team yeah burst six and went, mm. no, <laughs> um, but it, yeah so the, the 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 three is the the burst two is the the, the key the plus one burst yeah. um so I do like the idea and like back when I was assembling uh, Conocimento, intended to play them um, along with the, the many many armies I've like built intended to, to play them and I always come back to Ariana. I didn't tend to run like the two two three man uh, Bagmarie teams, um, and it'd be the same with like JSA. I do like the idea of having two three man Domaru, Tanko, with the mixed links because you can throw Mushashi in with two Tankos. You can throw mm. the Daiokai in with two Domaru. So you can have two very different link teams. A lot of survivability, a lot of kill potential that you can just push up the board independently and you still, you limit the cost investment in the link teams and that means you can still get enough other things because like I said, the the key thing I don't like about links is you're just investing so many points in the one profile. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely think more smaller link teams is definitely a, a very good way to go. But again, coming back to that, that point you made there with the investing a lot of points into the same profile, I think that's dependent on the link so I think like something like Tanko and Damaru, for example, and Riot Girls is similar. You you, spe- you are spending a lot of points on five models, but they're five models where if you do lose the missile launchers, they're not just going to sit there. Like they can they can push forward and, and get stuff done. Um, and I think Riot Girls are the same. Like you lose, say you lose those those launchers. Like worst comes to worst, you've got three other Riot Girls that are specialists that can move forward. But you can do that. But also, like with, the, the key with Riot Girls now is you can also link Avicenna. Yeah, and she just which is like one of the best specialists in the game. Yeah. So there's the balance off there that they're doing more than one thing. Whereas mm-hmm. if you were just taking the five Riot Girls, mm-hmm. you kill the missile launchers, your kill potential is diminished. Yeah. They can't really do very much the, the specialist options are, are mm. limited and I think originally they were non-existent mm. so yeah it, that was the main issue I always had with them like you spend a lot of points in the one profile to buff the one guy um, to do the one thing and if he doesn't do it or your opponent counters it yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think um, yeah I think the final point 
is basically, I guess we both agree, is that with link teams, five-man link teams, defensive purely, in my view, at the very yeah. least. Unless they're a heavy infantry link team, then you can kind of At least in the them. start of the game. Yeah. Like once, once you've sort of whittled down the opponent or you need to push out. Yeah, exactly. Game, you can do that, yeah. but I wouldn't be going turn yeah. and just push the five-man link yeah. team up the table. Yeah. So I guess there's a rule for new players. Five-man, try and make them more defensive. Three-man, you want to push them. Yeah. Yeah. Coming at it from the other direction then, um, what is the hardest thing when you're running a link team? What is the thing that you don't want to see coming at you? Or what is, what's the thing that you find picks them apart? Link team dependent. Um, I think the major thing for me um, that I really worry about... Basically, what I want to know yeah. is how do I beat you, Julian? How do I beat you? Uh, well, the answer to that is just one mutts. Run lots of mutts and run them forward and jam people. Um, Shinobu would probably work if you're doing some GSA on GSA yeah, Love. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think depending on the link team, boarding shotguns are amazing. If you can get a boarding shotgun into a link team and you get a few, even if you get one of them, it doesn't matter because a boarding shotgun, you're generally putting people, like, you know, you're putting yourself a plus six. So you're already getting the mods that they're getting. So it becomes a bit more of a fairer firefight. And then if you're then stacking that with like something like camo and cover. You know, and you're getting mad of but cover. You don't get that because the problem with the team is they're going to burst two. You're mm. going to be burst two. You're born shotgun. They're not going to suffer your surprise shot. No, but you're still it's, still suffering cover. I think the, yeah, yeah. For me, the key thing is just because when you get up to the five man defensive link team, the the buffs on a good link team pretty much counter most options, and mm. you're just relying on dice. The key is to get angle on the link team, so you're only dealing with one person. Yeah. And to get range. So if you're tackling that missile launcher, try and find a way to get right in its face. Get within 24. And yeah. skew the mm. the probability as much in your favor. Um, that's really the only way you can do it. The danger, like Julian was saying, the five million team, you push them up. Where do you get those five models? Mm. Um, without clumping them, without having someone hanging out. That's usually where someone will yeah. commit in the same way that you want to tag up the table and just leave it hanging out. Um, you want to try and eliminate the weakest member so that they, they don't get that mod against you. You don't want to go... Once they, once they, go, once they lose that plus three BS, yeah. that's when... That's when it's easier to beat them off. Templates are yeah. good for it because the, the issue with templates is you're forcing... You're putting everyone in jeopardy. So if you can get in there with a flamethrower, ideally, you're putting everyone in jeopardy they're probably not going to dodge. No one wants to break the link. Mm. Um, everyone to has have to, a, yeah. to have a different ARO too. To have a different aerial. They're everyone probably going to fail one or two. Yeah, yeah. so every, everyone's going to dodge, probably. If they dodge, you can just spend another just order do it again. again. Mm. And they're always going to fail one or two dodges, one or two of them's going to fail, and you can just whittle them down mm. like that. Yeah. It's just presenting them with bad choices. And the other, the other way, and it's literally the most simple way, and I tell everyone this after I have a game against my tanko, and they really, they go, how do I deal with them? And I just say, you don't. If you, so like I had a game, I forgot his name, a while back, and it, no, it was a game against Kevin. Jesus, <laughs> sorry, Kevin. And I said to him, um, we've already he, forgotten him. He had he had he, he had <laughs> access to he had access to smoke, and the table was dense. And I said to him, just don't fight them. You know, put your smoke down, push your buttons, and all of a sudden, I've spent like 150 points on a link team that stood there and gone, oh, we didn't actually do anything. And I and it happened to again against Jacob um, a few weeks ago at that tournament at Good Games, um, General Games, sorry. Um, and I said to him, just don't fight them. You know, let you know you've got smoke from. 
heaps of options. Just smoke out and and do what you need to play, do. Play the mission. Yeah, unless they they're playing an MSV two link team, but you don't see that like often at all because it's expensive and 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 it's really very very situational. That is very cost intensive because oftentimes mm-hmm. you you're throwing smoke within a and then you. You don't want to be spec firing smoke in front of it. Yeah. Um, and then you still got to get that model somewhere, push the button, and then mm. get him out of the way mm. so he doesn't die in the, the mm. reactive turn. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, not, it's obviously it's a nice thing to say, you know, yeah. just don't fight them. Yeah. But if you can and, and you can do things without fighting a link team, particularly a heavy infantry link team, don't fight them. Let them let them push up to the point where you can, in effect, ambush them and, and fight them on your terms. You know, I think the the, ma- the the major mistake that people make is they try and fight a heavy infantry link team or a link team on their terms, and you don't want to do that. Yeah. You want to fight them when they're at it, you know, when they're on their back foot, so when they've moved up or when they've been forced to shuffle. I suppose that's always the difficulty with Ariadne. Ariadne and GSC is just a, a not good match mm-hmm. um, because the easiest way to deal with the heavy infantry link team, especially if they're defensive, is that just to run up a hacker. Um, and just hack them and mm. obviously Ariadna doesn't have that option and you're not going to run a war driver up yeah um, so it's always nice to have a mm. I know people don't generally like assault hackers but I think it's always nice to have a especially if you've got an infiltrate and camouflage option mm. or teal camouflage just to have one of those there because it would be very easy just to run them up to the, the edge of the building that they're sat on and then just isolate mm. one or two guys and then I think that's the problem though is just no one runs assault hackers these days Unless they obviously know they're going to play someone. Because they're just so vulnerable to kill. Yeah. But there's yeah. The, the plus, though. If you have them in camel or teal, it's very difficult to deal with them because you don't know they're hackable. You can't... Mm. Yeah. No, no one's generally going to run up in a way to reveal and then kill a hacker and a saw hacker. Mm. Um, yeah, I do personally think, coming from Ariadna, where I just ignore hacking in general... I do generally think. Well, I mean, for, for Ariadna, that's a fairly, yeah. you know, decent. I think thing the old joke is like tank hunters are our hackers. <laughs> they, they hack with. Yeah. They, they hack with with, with uranium. <laughs> but but as with most things, that tends to fall apart when you're dealing with a tanko link team. Yes, it does, doesn't it, Barry? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a slagger into my face at all, listeners. <laughs> Cool. Well, I mean, was there any other points you wanted to, go to you guys wanted to raise about link teams? I mean, we kind I of think, covered off. I think we pretty much covered it all. Um, yeah, I think think we're pretty good to move on there. I don't think there's uh, much more. Just tell everyone like play vanilla. Just pa- just play just, vanilla. Just, she should just play vanilla. Probably, someone should do that where they have a tournament and they're like no sectorials, only vanilla. I'm not sure. If didn't he, didn't he do that one no, of the Cancons no, 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 no. where they just announced no link teams in like mission one and? No, no, I didn't. I do think that. they did. Really? Yeah. Well, it wasn't one that I went to, so. I think it was like the first one when three came out before ITS really took off. I went to that one. I don't think the and I was running a Sograt link team and I don't remember. No, that was the one I went to, wasn't it? SoggyCon. Yeah, it was yeah. the one before that. Oh, it was all made up missions. Yeah, yeah, and I remember just like all the guys that I was like, "Oh, tell me about it," because I'm dead keen to play Infinity, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, there was uh, yeah, we no link teams in turn one." In mission one, <laughs> I think there was. I might be wrong, but mm. I think that was. I have no idea. Yeah. All I remember is my first CanCon. I ran Sogarats, and it was hilarious. Yes, that was the last because I think literally the next month or so after they got rid of the the, the four man Sogaratling team with Cornac, and you could only make it a, a Harris. Um, but yeah, that was an amazingly fun link team. Completely useless, yeah. like in terms of 
you know. What was it the soggy link team and a couple of? Um, I can't even. A couple remember. of warbands, wasn't it? I can't even remember what I ran. I remember I had a the lot gackies. of gackies and predators. Yeah. And then, then and then I had some. I don't even remember what I ran. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on. All right, guys. Well, I think um, that might wrap it up for this uh, this instalment. But um, we do have a uh, an upcoming event that we want to announce. Yeah. Uh, so next weekend's is uh, Kevin Kevin's uh, little tournament that he's going to run out of um, the the House of War in uh, in Ringwood. And when you say next weekend, when is that? That is the weekend of the checking my dates. Sixth of October, I think, off the top of my head. Sixth of October. I think it's acquisition, highly classified, and hunting party. Yeah, so fingers crossed this episode will go live before then. Yep, it's 300 points, so definitely make it down if you can. No limit insertion, so plenty of room for AVA2 antipodes. And I won't won't be there because I've got to go to a a bodybuilding competition to see a friend compete, so you might all have a chance of winning. Well... Yeah, well, Barry might have a chance because right, Nick's not going. I'm not, I'm I'm not being Kevin's the TO. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but uh, we did also want to mention that um, we're happy to take listener questions. If anybody's got anything that they, any topics they wanted us to discuss, uh, any specific uh, sort of questions in terms of uh, game play or rules or interactions or anything like that, or even just more general topics like what we've been discussing. Anything happy, happy to, uh, to take suggestions for any, any topics in the future. So I think our email address is lossoflieutenant at gmail.com. Yeah, we've got a Facebook thing as well. Like us on Facebook. Um, that's please, it, that's please like us on Facebook. Please please like us on Facebook. And Get your friends to listen, even if they don't like Infinity. Yeah, my girlfriend listened to this. She had no idea what the fuck we were talking about. Yeah, my, my, my girlfriend wouldn't listen. It's just, 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 just your sheer celebrity power. Name. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Lunchbox Celebrity. Hashtag Lunchbox Celebrity. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he had the saltiest look in his face. <laughs> When he said that. <laughs> With his pink headphones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do have a photo of me and these pink headphones, which we will post up. But uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, like I say, if there's uh, any feedback, happy to uh, have it or take it. And uh, we will see you next time. Yes, see you next time. Cheerio.